This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to this Easter edition of Coffee House Shots. Boris Johnson has been dubbed the Teflon candidate and so far he is living up to the name. As a new MP, he was sacked from the government by Michael Howard when he lied about his affair with Petronella Wyatt. Before that, he'd gotten into trouble for inaccurate reporting at the Times. Yet, he still won two terms as the Mayor of London before returning to government, becoming Foreign Secretary, being backstabbed by Michael Gove, yet still eventually becoming Prime Minister. It now looks like he may well survive this latest scandal, at least for now, being fined by the Metropolitan Police for breaking his own lockdown rules. So, is he lucky? Or is there some method to this madness? I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Balls and Isabel Hardman. So Isabel, to start with, what, what do you think? What is the secret to Boris Johnson's political survival so far? I think it's that he's a winner or has been up to this point. And that's why Conservative MPs decided to elect him their leader in 2019 because they thought they would get a stonking majority in the next election And they did. And for a lot of them, it was a very transactional decision. It wasn't, you know, I agree with his conservative values or I just see him as the kind of person who I'd like to be. I mean, so many of them would say, you know, he's got a bizarre personal life and, you know, there's lots of distasteful things about him, but he does win. Which I think says a lot about the Conservative Party, which is that, you know, it's it's a winning vehicle um, rather than a sort of moral crusade in the way that the Labour Party often can be. But that's one of the reasons he's managed to get away with it. I think he's also someone who seems to think he's entitled to get away with things in a way that other people do not. So not only does he do these things, but he also sort of expects to be forgiven for them. And that is quite unusual, even in politics, where you have lots of people who are risk takers. And there's a lot of evidence that actually being in power positions of power that rewires your brain to the extent that you sort of become a bit addicted to, to risk taking but generally when politicians are found out they do accept that it's time to skulk away whereas Boris Johnson might in the past have sort of skulked for about half an hour and then tried to make a re-entry. Sorry Isabel I've had a dog problem. Um, <laughs> I always worry that you're laughing at me and that I'm just saying something. No, 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 no. the dog was having a wild one. <laughs> I've, just kicked, I've just kicked her out, she's banned. Katie, if Boris Johnson is winner, why do voters like him so much then? I mean, if you look at the current approval ratings, I don't think we can say they like him so much that they are pretty bad. But I think with Boris Johnson, there is a sense that you never quite know when something is bad for him because often things seem very bad on the surface and then they just do not land in the way they would for a conventional politician. And I actually think you can see it a little bit in Partygate, which has clearly wounded Boris Johnson in terms of his approval ratings. But I think if you look at recent weeks where Rishi Sunak has plummeted now, and I think according to current polling, I wouldn't say it's a consistent enough trend to say if Rishi Sunak is mildly more popular or more unpopular. It depends on which poll. But it's dropped pretty much where Boris Johnson is. And I think that... 
if you look at that as almost a sense that because people expect Rishi Sunak to be, mm. I suppose, to put it bluntly, a more honourable politician, when he fails to meet those standards, there is more of a fall from grace. Mm. Where I think with Boris Johnson, he has a, enough personality and unpredictability and also a certain level of brazenness that it's much harder to predict where things are going to land. Now, I don't think we can say, in, in a sense, we're saying, oh, you know, has he got away with it? How does he get away with these things? If you look at where he sits currently in opinion polls, it does not feel as though he has got away with Partygate. He is paying an electoral price for that. His approval ratings have gone up slightly. But I think if you're looking at his career more generally, because we, we don't yet have the you know the firm test on, on whether he can shake Partygate off, I think there is a sense that because he doesn't play by conventional rules, it's much harder to judge them by it. So, for example, he has been very clear from day one he's not going to resign over fines on, on parties. <laughs> I think most politicians would not be able to say that. In a way, we didn't get to quiz Rishi Sunak in that way because most people didn't expect him to have a fine. But I do wonder if Rishi Sunak had been pressed in interviews on what he would do if he had a fine well he, he would have said of course you resign if you get a fine and would now have had mm. to be a stick to that I mean the most famous example of Boris Johnson is obviously when he's mayor of London he got stuck on that zip wire I think the feeling the figures among such as David Cameron and George Osborne at the same time who were in government and I think we're growing a little bit wary or envious of their colleague who seemed to be getting a lot of the wins but not having to do a lot of the slog there was a sense that you know had any of them got stuck on a zip wire and been like what a buffoon mm. you know what an idiot they can't do anything right just so you think about the Ed Miliband bacon sandwich but instead if anything it just added to a sense that Boris Johnson you know He's a character. He's not, so I, I think things can often land in a different way for the prime mm. minister. And that is that is down to a few reasons. But I think he's just harder to categorise as, you know, a, a straight politician in the way that figures such as David Cameron have been, which also goes down to the posh point. I think people do think Boris Johnson is posh in some ways, but not in the same way they did David Cameron. I think he had far more issues with going to having it attended Eton than Boris Johnson did. And even now with the whole Rishi Sunak affair, you know, Boris Johnson's not being attacked because he's wealthy, but Rishi Sunak is. I mean, Although I don't think Boris Johnson is being attacked for being wealthy, partly because he, um, he isn't wealthy. And one of the other scandals that he's been mired in and seems to have got away with again is that he and his wife decided to do up the Downing Street flat but couldn't actually afford to do up the Downing Street flat and had to get a donor to pay for it instead which caused a big scandal in and of itself and in fact when I was writing up the fine that was issued to him this week one wag remarked to me that they wondered whether he would have to sell a roll of wallpaper in order to afford to pay this latest fine. Very good. Katie do you think he has political values that are clear-cut and if he doesn't is that part of the appeal as well well I think Labour have actually had a issue and a frustration and I think that has lessened in I think this year because there have been more easy ways to attack him but I remember having a conversation with a member of Keir Starmer's team during Keir Starmer's first year as Labour leader and they were saying you know oh and this is when lots of writing Keir Starmer off completely they're saying well you know yes Keir Starmer should be able to do this. Yes, he should be more personable, but the biggest problem is we have not managed to have a clear hit on Boris Johnson this whole time because often Labour just sounds shrill attacking Boris Johnson because they don't quite know what to do. Do people vote for Boris Johnson because they think he is respectable? 
I think if you were to poll people, that wouldn't be the main reason they vote for him. And therefore, there is a sense that someone like Rishi Sunak would be easier to attack because you can work out, oh, it's economic competence. Mm. Oh, it's it's a fact they're seen as honest. Whereas I think with Boris Johnson, what Labour found really difficult is working out what exactly you need to hit them on. Because if you look at Boris Johnson's, for example, his colourful private life in, in recent years, and the fact that even the 2019 election, there was a massive trust issue there. But yet he still managed to win a majority of so so where do you go if you are a politician who at times appears to be quite scandal proof? Isabel, do you think Boris Johnson's success politically so far at least says something about British voters in the sense that Douglas Murray in his column for the Easter issue this week has talked about how British voters in particular have this class element and that's why they're picking on Rishi Sunak at the moment. But do you think that the fact that Boris Johnson has had not just this 80 seat majority in the latest election, but also, you know, won the London mayoralty twice. Are British voters looking for a certain kind of je ne sais quoi personality thing more than, you know, substance, maybe honesty, integrity, that kind of stuff that sometimes people talk about? Possibly. I mean, I think voters have such a dim view of all politicians that they're not surprised when uh, it turns out that one of them has been lying and cheating because they assume that they're all doing that just on the quiet anyway. But I think it's also worth remembering that the choice in 2019 was between Boris Johnson with uh, all the flaws that we've discussed in this podcast and Jeremy Corbyn with far worse flaws. And this was one of the things that sort of broke the heart of the Labour Party was that they allowed Boris Johnson to get that massive majority because of what they were offering the electorate was, you know, a party that had been declared by one of its own MPs and then later the Equalities and Human Rights commission to to have a problem of institutional anti-Semitism. And, you know, there were were many other problems on top of that. There were a lot of fears about Labour's position on the economy, but but the party was, was clearly not fit for government. And so you could say that there's a lot of things about Boris Johnson's personality that tell us about the British electorate. But I think also that he won so big in 2019 tells us also that the British electorate does not actually like parties that are racist. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> and Katie, do you think Boris Johnson actually has the political instincts that you would think that he would need to make it this far? By which I mean, if you look at the Owen Patterson affair, there are certain things that he has called wrong, I mean, to say the least. Yet he is also, as we say, the Teflon candidate so far. Is it people around him who he can credit his success to or is it his own natural instincts? Well, I think... In a way, you're as good as your advisors. And actually, one of the tricks in politics is to appoint a team who can do their job and who can work together. And that can be in making or the breaking of a politician. Like, all politicians make mistakes. It's really hard to tell on this stuff in the sense that you will have some who say Boris Johnson has an amazing political judgment. Then you will speak to people who have worked for Boris Johnson and no longer work for him and say, he's got rubbish political judgment. The reason he had good political judgment was he had good advice. It's quite clear that his instincts can be bad. If you look, for example, at the point when it wasn't the end of self-isolation, but both Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak were supposed to self-isolate because Sajid Javid had tested positive for COVID. And they put out, it wasn't just, you know, a flippant decision to to not self-isolate themselves, even though the rest of the country would have had to in that scenario. They put out an actual number 10 press release saying that they were going to do this, which means we'd have gone through several steps. And that 
by all accounts led by the Prime Minister. So I think at times like this, obviously balancing what you want to do, which is to go and announce your social care policy and do your final week and perhaps a reshuffle that week with what is actually going to land with the country that you were torn and, and that was a bad decision. So I think it is a, a bit about around the team around you, but it is the Prime Minister who picks the team. It definitely feels as though Boris Johnson has learnt from some of the mistakes of earlier this year and the end of last year in terms of Owen Paterson and some of the messaging around Partygate. But this is a prime minister who has now shaken up his Downing Street team. There have been three iterations of it. We're currently on the third. And he has struggled to find a way to make Downing Street work for him. And when we're talking about Teflon candidate days, I think the most Teflon Boris Johnson was when he was London mayor. Mm. Yes, he won a majority of 80 in the 2019 election, but there are lots of factors at play there. You had the Brexit vote. You had Jeremy Corbyn. It was clearly a big achievement for the Conservative Party. But I think as election strategists have said, repeating something that that next election is going to be tricky because so much has changed. And therefore, can Boris Johnson find a way to successfully govern in Downing Street? I think if this new team doesn't work for him, people will start to think that actually perhaps he is the problem. Mm. And finally, Katie and Isabel, I wanted to ask both of you a mean question, which is just the odds on Boris Johnson leading the Conservative Party into the next election. Isabel? I personally don't think he will. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be incredibly boring, so I apologise to everyone. I think it looks more likely that he will than it did a few months ago. So perhaps 55% he will, 45% he won't. But I think things look better for him. But ultimately, I do think if you look at the trend since he's entered Downing Street, it's dysfunction in number 10. And therefore, it might not be Partygate, but I just wonder if he can actually find a way to, to make it work for him. And I think that will rest on that. Katie and Isabel, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. <laughs>